0: Welcome into Rick and Bubba University. We got a brand new episode today, and Bubba, we're, we're gonna we're gonna delve into the world of education today. All you hear every time you hear people getting up and talking, and you know we we got elections coming up, education, education, education. We're going to kind of delve into the world of education and and ask some questions. You know, where do these textbooks come from? Uh, are there other you know alternatives out there to try to make sure that you know. We want our children, or whoever is being educated, to to actually be educated in the right way. And today, we're going to talk about the world of textbooks, and we're going to tell you about an organization that's putting together textbooks that I wish I had access to when I was coming through. So, before we do that, though, uh, I want to ask you this question. Now, you know about the VPN stuff, right, Bubba? You know, we, we oh have, yeah, a VPN yeah. protects your privacy and security online. You know about all that. You need that. But did you know this? And I didn't know this till recently. And it's taking my TV watching to to another level. Did you know you can use a VPN to unlock movies and shows that are only available in other countries? You know, really? You know how we have to no, wait. No, I didn't know that. We have to wait for it to come here. So it's called Express VPN. us say you're going to sit down, you were going to binge watch. I don't know what Doctor Who. It's one of these series, but it's 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 you know it's in the UK. So all you do is you you just fire up the Express VPN app, change your location from the United States to the UK. Refresh Netflix, and that's it. And then ExpressVPN hides your IP address and lets you control, uh, you know, who you want, where you want, you know, and you're telling sites that you're located somewhere that you really aren't. You can choose from almost a hundred different countries. So think about all the net the Netflix libraries that could be available to you. Wow! If you're able to change your location, so you just use ExpressVPN to access, you know, Japanese Netflix, uh, you know, you whatever you want to do. Uh, And it's also available not just for Netflix. ExpressVPN works with any streaming service, Hulu, BBC, iPlayer, YouTube, you name it. There's hundreds of VPNs out there. But the reason that we want to tell you about ExpressVPN is that you can watch really, really fast. There's never any buffering or lag. and You can stream in HD, not a problem. ExpressVPN is also compatible with all your devices. You can watch it on your phone media consoles, smart TVs, and more, so you can watch what you want to watch on the go or on the big screen, wherever you are. So go to our special link right now, expressvpn.com slash rickbubba, expressvpn.com slash Bubba and get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Support the show, watch what you want, and protect yourself. Expressvpn.com slash rickbubba. Well, Bubba, let's say hello to Dr. Paul Cleveland.
1: Hey, how you doing? Fine. I'm good. Dr. Cleveland, thank mm-hmm. you for joining us. And Rick, you know, when you do a show like we do, mm-hmm. we have to have a vast network of experts yes. that are behind the scene, behind the curtains yep. that we rely on for information. And we don't often pull that curtain back and show you those no. people. But one of those people we count on when it comes to economics is Doctor Paul Cleveland? Yep. Now that may be that may sink you out there in the world, Doctor Cleveland. But Sorry. thank you for being here today. <laughs> well,
2: I'm so glad to be here, and uh, hopefully we we'll can have a good discussion here about education. And well, where it's we're at.
0: it's nice to talk to a fellow professor. You know, we're professors at Rick and Bubba University, and uh, today we talked to Paul Cleveland. Uh, You're a professor of finance at uh, Birmingham Southern. At Birmingham Southern, yeah.
2: uh, I've taught economics there as well over the years. In fact. My area is probably political economy. It's what I write most about. So, boy, I will tell you one thing: we better educate the American people
0: on that, and I'm talking about fast. <laughs> no, no doubt about that. Do, do you sit back sometimes, honestly, and and listen, being serious for a moment, and and we'll be serious, you know, during this podcast, some of it. Knowing what you know and, and the fact that you have been educated on how the economy is set up, how it works, do you look right now at our country and hear terms being thrown around like socialism and Capitalism and and uh, you know democracy and and constitutional republic and 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 the Fed and and you know how taxes work, how the government works. And do you find yourself thinking we are grotesquely uneducated on how the economy actually works?
2: Uh, that's pretty much my average day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, um,
1: and,
0: and, and and I know that you because Bub and I've talked about this before in history. I think one of the biggest Turning points for our education system was when we allowed something that our founding fathers would have never allowed, and that was the creation of the Department of Education.
2: Oh, uh, r- clearly. Uh, there's absolutely no need for it. Uh, why would, in fact, I'm not even sure why we didn't have a state Department of Education, to be honest. Uh, you know, those decisions ought to be made <clears throat> at best at the community level, and I would think more reasonably at the institution at level, the institution yeah. level mm-hmm. between parents and, and the institutions and because parents know their children and they know what their children need and they'll know how uh what will work best for their own children. And it could be that different institutions might be best for different right. different right.
1: kids. Well you know too it was sold to us, Rick, <coughs> that it was just gonna be an umbrella organization to help out, to oh, bring sure. continuity uh, and now it is turned into a dictatorial curriculum advisory panel that holds people hostage, and, uh, and therein is the mistake.
0: Well, we talk about economics. We'll land there first. There's other things because I know you deal with, with history too, which is another thing that has been terrifying to watch the attempt to be revisionist when it comes to American history. But when, when, when the Department of Education came along, you know, Ronald Reagan taught us some of the scariest words on the planet I'm with the government. I'm here to help. But we were sold that they would never, here comes our word, Bubba, that we love, they would never get involved with curriculum. That's what we were told. Right. Uh, they, all they were here to do is to try to get the educational systems, federal money, so mm-hmm. so they can fund uh, the different education uh, educational institutions. But and they, their
1: term was umbrella. Umbrella. We, we umbrella will never be like
0: involved that. in curriculum and never be involved in anything. And what I think terrifies a lot of people, you know, watching or listening to this podcast is that the government schools, and some people, when I, we say that, they, but that's really
2: accurate. No, that is accurate. That is what they are. Uh, and most people really don't even know where they came from. Uh, I've sort of traced that uh, over in some of my books. In fact, one of the reasons I wrote my first kind of popular book, Unmasking the Sacred Lies, was for this reason to try to educate people as to how the government got its foot in the door and then began to expand in every area of our lives. I bet
1: you're popular at the staff meetings, aren't you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, it used to be that, uh, you know, my, my comrade, I mean, my, my yeah. colleagues at Birmingham <laughs> Southern would, would want to debate, but that, that sort of ceased yeah. um, uh, in recent years. Well, so.
1: you know, and I think, too, anytime you have a discussion about education, just like anything, else that you're trying to make it better, right? Uh, people who are in that industry get offended. Uh, and you can have a lot of very good and devoted classroom teachers and still have a problem with education. Right. And, right. and I think that's where we're at because I think a lot of times the people who are really – Doing the teaching and working very hard, and a lot of times spending their own money to make a classroom, they get offended when we start talking about this. But we're not—we're not pointing to them. No, we're no, talking no. about a bigger, sometimes more sinister plan that's in play. Yeah,
2: but I, mo- mostly the problems I see are at the level of administration. You right. know, we, we create the ministry of administration to administer the administrators, and <laughs> you know, therein <laughs> lies the problem uh, that oftentimes the uh, it, what happens is the teacher's hands tend to be tied and and they can't really accomplish the things that they would like to accomplish in the classroom. Uh, and and a lot of the best teachers just get frustrated and end up uh, bowing out at some point. I, I see that happening far more often. Oh, yeah, you, you get to the point where you don't want to be part of it anymore
0: because you see not just where it's headed, where it, what it's become. Exactly. And and so take us back a little bit. You said you tried to educate people. Educate,
2: educate us a little bit.
0: How did we end up with government schools?
2: You know, it's really kind of a fascinating question because um, what happened was the common school movement began in the state of Massachusetts, kind of the mid-19th century. And uh, even there, they had some precursors to that. So uh in by 180 i think it's 1805 1809 the unitarians had taken over harvard and they their interest you know explain they explain unitarians I, break that down it, it's sort of a view of god that says that yeah you know, god is uh and and we like the moral code but we don't like the christian ideas in other words i don't like the doctrine of original sin mm. i don't like the fact that God says that I'm a sinner in need of salvation. So what they were doing is they were rejecting that, and so Unitarianism is universalism that everybody is going to be saved. And and so in their view, the biggest problem of evil in the world has to do with education, okay? not that we're right. fundamentally flawed and immoral and sinful. So in, in in essence, what they wanted to do at the time... It was the churches, Christian churches, owned education. Mm-hmm. And if you look at all the, the ways uh, students were trained, it's, that's what it was. Uh, well, you know, the scholars at Harvard didn't like that. And, and so what they were beginning to do is, you know, how can we change this? They sent a couple of young scholars to uh, what was, it was Germany, but Prussia at the time, to look at their common school efforts and they came back with new ideas, and if you read their letters to each other, that's what they did. If you know the name Horace Mann, uh, he was he was their first bureaucrat, mm-hmm. education bureaucrat. Mm. And um, so his success at that point uh, began uh, this whole process where more and more states got involved. And it's interesting, too, because they were, aided and abetted by some of the first community organizers. Mm-hmm. And they turned out to be the Owenites. I don't know if you know who Robert Owen is, no, I don't. but no. he, he was, uh, uh, Robert Owen was a communist. He was advocating for communism, but he's also an industrialist in Scotland. And he thought, well, communism's the wave of the future. And so he tried to set up his, uh, his factory in a communist environment.
1: But that worked well. Oh, it was a failure. <laughs> <clears throat> you know what? I didn't have to know who right. it was. <laughs> no, you, you did. You, yeah. You're, yeah. Common sense will yeah, tell you. I got was, that one. I <laughs> can pass that test.
2: Yeah. Right. So they sent us signs uh, to the U.S. and and their their thought was this: Well, we we we're we're trying to deal with people who are already jaded. They're adults. They're already jaded. We need people who are on board with our plan. So they got you know some elitists, some scholars, and they set out and they founded New Harmony, Indiana hmm. uh, as, as their prototypical model of how communism will work. Well, I think it failed within the year. Sure. Right. Uh, as you About might. one business cycle. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, yeah. And their conclusion was not that communism was bad, but, well, we're starting with adults. Oh. and And what we got to do is we have to go back and we, we got to start with babies, you know, and teach them the right way. So, they became the community organizers helping to push the common school movement and it moved from state to state to state. Eventually you get uh, these public schools with um, mandatory attendance laws. Compulsory mm-hmm. attendance comes. Oh
1: yeah, you know, it's almost like a re-education camp. Isn't it? it is so. No, <laughs> seriously. That, I mean,
2: yeah. that's what we're all thinking. You
0: you wonder if that mindset is exaggerated, and it sounds like if you know the true
2: history, no, it's not. No, no, because they become indoctrination camps. It's not about education anymore. It's about you know yep. whatever the political class wants it to be about. It might be about we're just going to make everybody a good American citizen, however we define right, that. Right. And uh, you know, along comes John Dewey and begins to institutionalize this in a new way. And so now we're kind of off to the races, bit by bit, going down a particular road.
0: And then we end up with New Jersey, you know, mandating that their government schools teach children gay and lesbian history. Uh, what what it means to be gay what all of this within a government school. Oh, absolutely. I and, mean that, and and, that, and that's what's happening now. Sure. So so if there's anything that we want to try to change the culture on, we just funnel it through the government school.
2: That's right. Uh, and not just not just the school system, but this is also can be done through media. Uh, sure. I would refer Courts, to, it as you know, kind of that. the transformation yeah. industry out there which would right. include the schools, the media and and most everything else that you see
1: you know and that's interesting because i think as people who have more conservative values we have made inroads in some places education is not one and but it it, but based on what you're saying it basically was set up to spread a communistic view of the world and they've been somewhat successful in that
2: right And, and
1: it while took some, a while, but look yeah. at look at the Democrats well, right now.
2: While some of those at Harvard were probably not given to the socialism or the communism right. to begin with,
1: but they didn't. Boy, it's
2: that way today. Yeah, <laughs> you can't go on Harvard's campus and and uh, as as a free enterprise kind of guy, you're not. No, you're and, but they certainly it. started out. Even if it wasn't what we're talking about, the Unitarianism. They did want to
0: start out and say. We need to change the dynamic of the view of God of God. Oh r- yeah of religion yeah, exactly e- e- and, and all of that and then of course now it's whatever you want to change almost like you just put it through the system and and send it through the government schools. I mean we laugh all the time being you know followers of Jesus that we're saving all this money and putting together all these accounts to fund the college education,
2: of our Christian children so they can go to a place that will spend four years trying to turn them away from. It. Yeah, and, and that's true because it's, you know, even if you're a Christian, you can succumb to it. Uh, I've met a lot of Christian faculty who don't really understand their biblical worldview should have an impact upon how they pursue their studies of their discipline. Right. And and Instead, so, it goes the other way. Yeah, and a lot of times it's difficult to do because some of the underlying uh, determinism that's embedded in atheism is is implicit. It's not taught. I mean, it's not, you know, even if you get a PhD, you might not know the philosophical underpinnings of of all of this, you know, which was a question for me. Uh, I I was sharing with Rick earlier that, you know, I I grew up in a Christian home and, and went away to college and,
1: all right. yeah, I kind right. of
2: got out there. Right. So when I came back in graduate school to you know my Christian faith was central, I realized I couldn't be an economist pursuing my discipline in a way that wasn't consistent with my Christian worldview. Right. Yeah. So that that Good changed.
0: Call. Are we ready? Because I know ultimately we want to let people know about what you do involving textbooks and and who they're available for mm-hmm. and. And all of that. But it seems to me that there is a, a, a portion of our country, thankfully, that is starting to get to the point where they said, enough. You know, I remember, and I, and I openly admit this, I remember the first time a homeschool kid was a big fan of the show. And, and it wasn't that long ago. And I remember kind of having some fun and making light of homeschool. I thought, we said, well, what prom do you go to? Ha ha ha. You know, how do y'all handle homecoming <laughs> games? And, ha ha ha. And, and at the time, I really thought, why, why would anyone homeschool? Because your first concern is that the person won't have a social health, skills, a yeah. healthy social skills yeah. and they should interact with other people. And, and I certainly realize now that the homeschool uh, organizations do those kind of things now. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But in the beginning, I But it was some satirical yeah. comedy of a limited view we had. Of I it. remember yeah. vividly thinking to
0: myself when I was growing up in Calhoun County, I will never put my kid <laughs> into private school. Uh-huh. You know, all these private school kids are, you know, they're, they're a bunch of snotty nose. As soon as they come out of the k- Christian schools, they go out and raise all kinds of cane and they're right. not in the real world. And I remember, I remember I had, I had those views right. until I came to where we live now. And I was on the, uh, the kids that have just gone off to college and Bubba, you remember this too, because the same thing was said to you. And we were talking to somebody about one of the Christian schools in Birmingham. I said, I'm not going to send my kid to a Christian school. I You're yeah, just private school. You're yeah, private school, didn't, man. didn't appeal to me. We it. didn't like the private sure. school kids we were growing up, and they, they ain't in the real world, all this. And then he said to us, no, what you don't understand is the Christian private school of today, in general, I'm sure mm-hmm. there's exceptions, in general, is the public school that you attended.
2: That's correct. And would be very correct. And
0: I was like, what? And, 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 and the more I realized it, watching my kids go through this school, these were things that you didn't need to go to a Christian private school when I was growing up. They prayed before school started. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody stood up and pledged to the American flag. Uh, we had the a, state song. Yeah, you, you would have a teacher in a government school that would sit there on Good Friday, tell and, you the story. Tell you yep. the story. Read of, it right out of the Bible uh, of Jesus in the crucifixion. Would refer to uh, fundamental Christian beliefs in the founding fathers in American history. And then I realized when my kids got into school that was over. Oh yeah. If, if you were if you were in a government school, that government school had to be deemed godless. Uh, or they are they face trouble from the old Department of Education that would cut the funding off? And and if you want our funding, you got to play our game. And and I thought to myself, wow, there is going to be a boon for Christian private schools and homeschooling, and and it's happening. I mean, this, right. they're, they're driving people into these different ways to educate their children because they're thinking, if I've got choices, and you're going to talk about some today,
2: yeah. if I have choices, I'm going to take them. Well, that's true. I mean, what has happened, and, and you, you see this in all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. When the government centralizes control, they play this extortion game. Right. And so once they have your money, then they're kind of dictating to you, how you're going to do your th- do these things, and particularly in education, and therein lies really the, the problem that we face. Uh, how how do you instruct people when they're continuing to write out of history important facts? And you know, history is history, and, and there's good, the bad, and the ugly. Sure, there is, and, the and thing we didn't is, know it all. No, that's tr- that's true, <clears throat> and and we need to teach the good, the bad, and the ugly because the whole point of history. Is to dig out of there. What are the what are the hard and fast principles to of get life? better? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, and what are the things we don't want to do again, and what are the things that are that we do want to do? What are the things that really did work well and that we need to embrace and and carry on with? So tell us what what you've been doing because I think we presented the problem,
0: okay. and 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 then when you get to the problem you start looking for solutions. And if you're going to indoctrinate people to a worldview, then the textbooks that they're being given have to also be altered. Uh, And so someone says, well, where can I, where's a resource for me to educate my children? I'm not a teacher. I'm in an organization. I'm getting together. Or, hey, I'm a private school. Uh, We just started a private school. I know even the private school that our kids attended, they've used Uh, some of your
2: textbooks,
0: they start thinking, well, we can have the best of ideas, but where's our curriculum? Where's our textbooks? There's not that many.
2: There there really are not that many. And so, you know, I had a mentor, uh, Dr. Carson, uh, and he was a historian by training. And he had ended up uh, leaving the academy and beginning to work on a, a project that he had, which was to flesh out high school history and social science and so he he developed a six volume American history set that are paperbacks he also wrote uh, an economics text and he the one of the last books he wrote was uh, government American government he wanted to get a Western civilization text and, in, and he was aging and he didn't want to do it and I knew him at the time and as his, as he mentored me mm-hmm. and so he got me to write it <laughs> so that was actually my first book. That's
0: one of the beauties of mentees. Yeah, really, yeah, yeah, it,
2: it really is. I mean, he, you know, his great scholar, he really uh, took me head and shoulders ab- ab- above where I was at the time. So anyway, we, you know, I, I got to the point where I had the manuscript and we were ready to go on publication. And he got he came to me and said, "Paul, I think you um, need to find another publisher." <laughs> <laughs> what? That, that that was kind of rough news and. Uh anyway I had a uh, a counselor at the time who said well I was sharing that with him and he said well we'll follow not you publish it. Mm-hmm. And I was like well I have a I have an example here mm-hmm. uh Dr. Carson that's what he was doing. Yeah. And I know why he told me that at the time his his health was failing he I was going to pass away in 2003. And so I we pressed ahead and we did it. And, and so we, my first book, I titled it Understanding the Modern Culture Wars. And, uh, and we did pretty well with it. And they're using it at, at the private Christian school you mentioned. Um, so, you know, it did well. And so I wrote my second book. I'm I'm an economic historian. So that, you know, Unmasking the Sacred Lies, that book I wrote for a popular audience, uh, I would say it's an economic history of public policy in America is what it is. By the way, and, and I don't that
0: that is an invaluable source <laughs> because I think economically, you know, we're Rick concluded, sometimes we are just completely uninformed of the history of all the different
2: policies that have failed miserably oh, yeah. and why they failed uh, based on economics. Sure. And then once they once they failed, they began to pass a, a new program. To fix the failure <laughs> that creates uh-huh. a new failure. Yeah. So it, it's this sort of spiraling effect. And boy, we're there now. We are there. Anyway, uh, fast forward, uh, I always liked to say econ book, but it was dated. The Soviet Union still existed. Right. And so it had to be updated. So I went to uh, Clearance's Heirs and I asked if I could take that book over. And they went, sure, absolutely. Yeah. So I redid it in a third edition. The way it is now uh-huh. it's in a fourth. So all of his work was done within a worldview that is consistent with uh, a Christian worldview. That is, he he built on a natural law perspective of this world. That you know, natural law theorists all recognize some created order, and we're trying to discern that order. And for uh, Dr. Carson as well as for me, that order is designed in by by God Himself, the Creator. Right. right. And um, so, you know, uh, finally, uh, all his books have come to be. So I've become an educational entrepreneur. And we're trying to f- complete his vision by building out online courses, putting the books in a form that's more user-friendly, if you're, if you're homeschoolers or if they're Christian schools, uh, so that we can interact with teachers and provide them the materials they need to teach these subjects in a consistent fashion. So that's our goal.
0: Well, and, and you know, one of the things we touched on when you and I were having lunch to talk about you maybe being on is just like a lot of things, and I, I want to handle this as, as kindly as I can because I think there's been improvements, thankfully. I'm so thankful for that. But sometimes we label the thing Christian worldview or this is Christian this and Christian that, and and... and what we've done is we've taken what the world has already done, and we just throw a few Bible verses around. And and one of the things that you and I talked about is sometimes some of these attempts at curriculum for faith-based homeschooling or faith-based Christian schools is a little corny and campy. And and what you have done and some of the stuff that we've looked over is you have said, no, no, this is a serious view of the world that can be taken seriously and there's a lot to learn about it but it's also extremely
2: well done i mean that that's been our goal yeah. all along is just like
0: music you know we talked about that hey i'm a christian artist yeah but your song's no good you know you know right. this is,
2: so if you want to be a
0: christian artist that's great but but have a have good songs or do, do a good job have some depth to it and uh, i know that was your approach with these these textbooks as well.
2: It has been. In fact, you know, from the beginning, uh, as I began to pray about working even on the first book and, to, and doing the work on it, my, my goal was, you know, God, help me to just tell the truth. Right. Just, just be a tr- truth teller and do it in a way that is scholarly and in a way that gets to the point. And and where people can grasp it. Uh,
1: let me ask you a question that we're dealing with today, and you even hear it in the debates and everything. There is this really unbelievable draw or drift towards socialism, mm-hmm. communism, when the United States has been by far the most successful country in the history of mankind as far as level of living, mm-hmm. standard of living, uh, our technological improvements, what we've been able to share with the rest of the planet. You know, if you just look at it in a, a, on the high ground, you would think, man, the world ought to want to be like us. Now, we have our faults. I'm not saying we're perfect. But I don't understand people who have grown up in our country and have all the things that they have, and somehow they want to drift toward a subpar format, in my opinion. Why is that? What is that? A psychological thing more than an economic thing? What is that?
2: Well, it, it's part of it's part of the worldview of the kind of the atheism naturalism. Yeah, I mean, it really is because let, let's think about this. They they think they can reach paradise or or some kind of utopia, right? And wipe out human ills mm-hmm. if they can accomplish a particular task. Now, the the underlying task they want to accomplish is to eliminate. Self-interest, which is an impossibility, right. because you know if you're a human being, you have self-interest. Correct. I mean, that Correct. There, there's no other way. If you are a thinker, right. and you understand you're a person with a will, you have self-interest. Right. So their task is an impossible one, and but their and their only tool to accomplish the task is socialism. So it's it is a religion for them. And as a religion, then they, they have to use uh, government to accomplish— As a tool. As the yeah. tool to the end. And uh, so, I mean, think about this. The Soviet Union, when it existed, it created all kinds of model, model farms, model mm-hmm. this. They even had—you know, they had elections, but in their elections— right. I mean, And, and 90, over 90% of the people voted
1: in their elections. Because they, they were told to. But there was only one, one,
2: <laughs> right. one person to vote for. Or it for. was
1: communist one or communist <laughs> two. Right, yeah. Yeah, no, there wasn't even that.
2: It was just one, one person. You we wonder, all
1: voted for the only choice we had.
2: You, you wonder, well, why do you do this? I mean, why, why do you do that? Well, everything was a deception. And, and so you think about, well, who needs to be deceived? Well, everybody. And the people who need to be deceived the most are those who are running the system. Because they've got to believe they're, at the end of the day, good people.
0: No, no, I saw this, and I can never think of the name, and I'm sorry, Adler, this is not good that I don't remember this, but it's a documentary, and it's a documentary about communist China when they said you can only have one child. And I think it may be called One Child. But anyway, your point, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. They're interviewing these people long after it was over because they discovered there were not enough young people to take care of the old people. So then they came back and said, how about two
1: kids? You know.
0: (laughs) But what they, they bought in completely. Right. I mean, I mean, they said our government saved our country by limiting us to one, one child. You know, we, it was absolutely the right thing to do. And they had all these propaganda shows. They would even come in and do musicals that talked about the wonderment of one child. And, and we're going to be overpopulated. Our country will be destroyed if you have more than one child. And the people never questioned it. They, they, they started being proponents for it thinking that, boy, our government was so wise, they were so forward-thinking that they saved our country by forcing us into getting rid of babies if we had more than one. Of course, it led to, sadly, you know, babies lying in piles everywhere because they didn't want to go to jail because they only had one kid or they had a female, and they wanted their one shot to be a male, so they would just abandon female babies in open markets, and sometimes they would just lay there because if you've talked everybody into it, Guess what else happens? Nobody picks her up, because they don't want her either. Right. You know, and and so, but your the point the greater point. I know that's a horrific example, but the the greater point is the propaganda did work.
2: They did buy into it. Well, somewhat. Yeah. And it, I mean, but on on the other hand, there are a lot of people when you begin to see it in practice, you don't believe it. That's correct. But it yeah. was, but was what sh- do
1: you do at that point? Have you gone so far you have you can't you can't back out now well, because you you've made it part of your fabric and you're like uh-oh n- now now the leadership think about what they do because it kind
2: of works for them right right you yeah, know well, the ruling class yeah the ruling yeah. class it works for them and sure. and so they they live in isolation i mean think about our own political class right they they call the rest of the world the rest of america flyover country and they live in bubbles. You're right. And they, you know, so they only, they only meet with, they only talk with each other. Yeah, inside the beltway. Yeah, they so, right. so they never hear a different worldview, and they consider everybody else unsophisticated right. or unable mm. to think through things. And, and so they've kind of controlled uh, the educational systems in such a way that yep. I, I refer to it as, uh, you know, intellectual incest. Mm. Well, uh, that paints a picture, doesn't boy, it? Does. it?
0: <laughs> but to your point, you get, you get to the point where you 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 have some that are indoctrinated into it, which I saw in the in the uh, the special. Then the ones who opposed it, when they would oppose it, the people who had to implement it back to the people that right. you say you got to have. This guy standing there, he finally just looks into the camera and says, "Well, what did you want me to do?"
2: Yeah,
0: you know, either I took this woman who was pregnant and took her to have a forced government abortion. Or I, I was going to be put in jail or killed. Exactly. What What did you want me to do? So what, what choice did I have? So most of course people, we would say do the right thing, but that's easy to say when you didn't have. Right. To put yeah.
2: Were in that situation. So what most people would do is they would just try to get by in life. Right. I mean that that you was certainly just, saw that, that was right. just that not
1: cause attention. Just just, exactly. Just do stay low. Don't look up. It was do the, what you got to. do. It was
2: the Russian way. In fact, my my first trip to Moscow, it it just hit me. How, I mean, nobody made eye contact when right. you're walking down the street. Nobody smiled. Nobody, you know, you didn't do that. Now, if you were in someone's home, it was a totally different atmosphere, mm-hmm. right? It it changed, but not not in public. And um, it's not safe. It, it just isn't safe. Now they they had they had some good jokes, yeah, because they th- you just couldn't get anything, you know. Then they drunk heavily. Oh, that, well, of course. Yeah, I mean <laughs>
1: that that soothes a lot of ill. Doesn't it? <laughs> um, that that kind of except kinda, the need for more to drink. That kind right. of society would drive a Baptist to get a drink. <laughs> but, uh, but well, no, I've always joked. I think that socialism is an easy sell to the uninformed masses. Well,
0: that was the point because I was thinking, it
1: sounds yeah. a lot like Santa Claus. It sounds like Christmas. Right. You're going to get all this for free, and you don't have to pay for it. Well, I mean, well, yeah, sign me up. You know, right. I'm for that. Well, in the, in the- I get gifts every day. That's great. Yeah. But even like Bernie's plan, and this is where I don't get people cannot see through this. Edu- he wants free education. Well, that's great. I'm going to get free education. So I get my education. I get out in the work world. Now my taxes are jacked up. Right. Because I got to pay for somebody else to get free education. So I still paid for an education. Oh, yeah. It just wasn't mine while I was there. Then I paid for it later for somebody else, so I still paid for it. It wasn't free.
2: No, it it, nothing. Well, that's the first principle of all economics. (laughs) There is no free lunch. There is no free
1: lunch, and that that really is true. (laughs) Who coined that phrase? By the way, Uh, that was a great pioneer in economics, wasn't
2: it? Yeah, I I, I really don't know who (laughs) coined it, but but it's quite accurate. I mean, every you know every choice we make carries with it a cost. I mean, that should be obvious because you know we live in a world. And we all have desires. We all have ends that we want to pursue, right? That mm-hmm. we want to accomplish in our lives. And and so to do that, you have to have the means, right? You have to have resources. You have sure. to have economic goods. Well, there's only four ways you can acquire economic goods. You know, you can produce it yourself. Well, that's, that's kind of... Difficult, it's limited difficult. what you can. Yeah, do, if I want to, if I want a birdhouse, if I, if I, want, like a, bird house, if I want a gallon of gasoline, yeah, tough. That, that's tough to r- do r- in that's, your basement. That's yeah. going to be rough. Um, I can I can produce something that's valuable to somebody else, and I can trade that. And for most of us, that's our labor right. Right. services, mm-hmm. and then trade that for what I want. I can steal it, take it from somebody else by force or fraud. This mm-hmm. is this is what socialism is. Right, it's just systematic theft that's all it is legalized Legalized systematic theft legalized theft that's right. all it is right. uh so it violates the eighth commandment right and i at at risk right and then the last one is charity you know somebody out of their kindness of their heart could give it to me Picks Which, me up and th- that's yeah. the only four that exist no, no that's it now neither the other two stealing and charity both presuppose prior production hmm Right, I can't. I can't give anyone anything that I don't possess. And i would, if I'm going to get it, possess it, then I've, I've had to participate in the productive activities right. to possess something to right. trade for it. So, you know, uh, you can't build economies on that. All economy is built on production and trade, even in the even in the most dictatorial socialist setting, like North Korea. Without some production. Right. Now,
1: somebody got to make something.
2: Somebody's got to make something, right? <laughs> and, and no matter how forced it is, somebody's got to make something. They don't make a lot of it, right, because they're all s- right. starving pilgrims in right. North Korea. But, you know, that's the way it works. Uh, now, the freer you are the, and the more productive that individuals can be, then the wealthier you're going to be. And I think sometimes because we've overcome so much in America, people take that for granted. Yeah. And they just don't realize what it took to get where we are. And people have
1: paid a high price for that. And they've been. In a lot of different ways. I mean, we we always think about military and people laying their life down, and that's certainly true. But also in business and. Sure. Sure. families and and being gone away from relationships i mean there's there's been a high price to get where we are
2: oh absolutely and uh, because anybody even starting a business has to put up the resources has to risk it uh in order to try to build something you know when Obama says uh, you didn't build that, well, you know, who are you? Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, what do you know about it? I mean, you know, that well, sort of
1: Bloomberg, that, you know, about farming—you just put seeds in the ground. Yeah, you just put seeds. Well, that in was the ground. brilliant. But, but
2: do you think
0: think about this for a minute?
1: He's smarter than to say some of the things he said. Are, are, he he ought to be. Well, is, is he? Yeah, he should be. Is he? Let me rephrase and, that. And that's the, what I think is the view
0: of the left. And we say this all the time, and we said today. Uh, when we actually – we just saw the Democratic debate last night while we're taping this uh, of Rick and University. Whoever told these Democrats to raise their hand when they wanted to speak, that only added to the childlike view of the world <laughs> uh, that they have. And and this is it. That's they seem to your point, and I think that's why this education and this the, this textbooks and the others that you have available, we have got to educate, I'm telling you. We now have adults that are looking to people who are looking to adults, and the adults themselves don't seem to know where things come from.
2: Oh, they, they really don't.
0: They, they, I heard this said before. said the far leftist has a childlike mind, I want a pony, but I have no idea where ponies come from, what ponies cost, how much feed for the pony, do I have to build a barn, Am I have to put fencing around an area, how much room does a pony need? What, what is the cost of a pony and where does it come from? They have no idea. They don't know what it takes to make an MRI. They just right. complain about the price.
2: They have no idea where an MRI comes from. Oh, and Most times they, they don't. They really have no clue. And so to come across, they have this presumption of expertise
1: yeah, that they don't, that. don't
2: really possess. And could not possess. And see, so here's, here's one of the features of the marketplace I, I think most of these people don't understand. M- money prices, market prices make a real difference to help us navigate through the world and coordinate what we want to do with what other people want to do in ways that are mutually beneficial for both of us. And, uh, and, and so that's lost in, in the political system. Because in their view, it's just like, well, you know, uh, we, y'all just need to vote for more taxes and we'll take care of sure, it.
1: Sure, yeah. That, which it's is always the answer.
0: Yeah. So tell us, we, we've only given up about four more minutes, so tell us about BoundaryStone.org and, and what's available. I know you've got a new one coming that just came out in, in fall of 2019. T- tell tell right. us what textbooks are available to the homeschooling community, the, the private school community, what what are some that are available?
2: Okay, so we've we've been fleshing this out, and, and so right now we we've redone our uh, basic economics text, and we've tried to really make it more user friendly for the homeschooler, as well as I think for teachers in mm-hmm. the Christian schools, Christian schools, and so uh, because one of the knocks we had is this is great content, but very difficult to use. Yeah. Okay. It may be too high a level. So what we've done is we've tried to reorganize that. Data. Lower it down for us a little bit, Doc. And we've <laughs> created uh, an online course to pair with it. So now if you're a homeschooler and you can, you can buy the, the book and the, and the course as a package deal, there you go. You're, you're, done. you're done. You're done. It's turnkey. And we've also done that with our government. So we have American government book. Now we haven't gotten our American government book in the form we want to get it to eventually. But we also have the online course. And the, the government book is actually being used pretty widely. Uh, Sunlight curriculum has mm-hmm. picked it up they, and they use it in theirs. So that's out there. And then we have, the, of course, we have the six volume American history set. We've got to get that, we've, we've got to develop out the online course to go with that. But and you do we, have the textbooks. We have the textbooks. And we also have uh, Western Civilization. And then we have the two kind of general books now, the um, Unmasking the Sacred Lies and the Great Utopian Delusion, uh, both of which I think are great. If you want, if you want to understand the political elite yes. and why they're pushed, forward, yes, then the Great Utopian Delusion—that's why we wrote it. And I wrote it so you didn't have to read Saul Alinsky's horrible little book, (laughs) (laughs) Rules for Radicals. Yeah, that
1: a lot of our friends on the left love.
2: They love it. I mean, but it... You open it up, it's dedicated to Satan. I mean, yeah, uh, right, uh, that's, that, you know, that rules right me out, of out of on the, the book. Right there. Right there. Right, I, right the and it kind of takes me out of it, too. But, I, it, you know, I plowed through it to see what they're saying. Y- and, y- uh,
1: you know, one of the things, and I'll say this in closing because I know we got to wrap up. It is amazing, and you, you made this point, especially with our elected officials, and I think it's probably uh, an Achilles heel of democracy. Uh, one worth having, but still maybe a weak link in it that, you know, we elect people to go to Congress, and they deal with massive amounts of money, massive topics from highways to dam building to rocket ships, and they don't know their butt from a hole in the ground. And I use AOC as an example. Okay, she was a bartender two years ago. Right. She's got a little economic degree from somewhere that nobody's ever heard of. I'm not sure if she went to class or not. But she's never run a lemonade stand. And she is trying to change the entire U.S. economy. And that should be bothersome to any of us.
2: Well, it worries me. <laughs> well, we,
0: we've got to know, too, like you said, why, why what is our economy? You've got to know what it is to even know if somebody's oh, changing. Yeah. Here's the here's the website, BoundaryStone.org. You can go there and find out all the information we just talked about. Dr. Paul Cleveland, BoundaryStone.org. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you guys for having me. And thank you for being with us on this edition of Rick and Bubba University.